Welcome to Hash It Out Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I would like to inform you that this episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. So please feel free to step away and take a moment to yourself. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Pillan. We will be discussing reproduction rights over a couple of years, then the current situation and understanding the examples across the globe. But before we begin, how are you doing, Pillan? Hey, I'm doing pretty well, given the fact that finals are right around the corner. Um, but how about you? How are you feeling? I'm burned out. I'm super burned out. And I just I just want to get to summer. Like, even <laughs> though I have to work during summer, like I have to do an internship, I still, I want to be able to, I want to live a life where I'm not focusing on school, like, at all. So I very much look forward to this month getting over. And... Although I'm also looking forward to getting off the anxiety of recordings, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, so yeah, those are the very two things I'm looking forward to. But, yeah. So, before we get deep into the topic, I know and understand that everyone can have their own opinions. But something that really bothers me with this is the fact that some people feel so strongly with their opinions to the point where they push it in their opposer's face. And I just don't understand that. Maybe this is biased for me to say. Um, I'm not really sure, but I feel that everyone should do what they want and express, speak for themselves, all without invalid invalidating someone else. And that is also a whole point of our podcast: is we bring people from abuse opposing views, or at least talk about the uh, opposite sides of an issue, and discuss it with each other. And the whole point is to be respectful and appreciate free speech instead of trying to, I would say, convert someone into an ideology of yours. Um, so to before let's to understand or to dive deep into this topic, let's try first understand the history of reproduction rights over the last, I would say, approximately 20 or 15 to 20 years. So the earliest anti-abortion laws were intended to protect women from untrained abortionists. So records indicate that the abortions occurred unregulated during 1800s and that the number of deaths caused by the complication from illegal and unsafe abortions is impossible to determine. By the end of 19th century, abortion was criminalized. So in 1821, America's first, I would say, abortion regulation was enacted in Connecticut in order to protect women from abortion inducement through poison administered after the fourth month of pregnancy. Then in about in 19... It, in 1890, abortion is regulated by statutes advocated by AMA, which is the American Medical Association, and abortion is permitted upon the configure of one or more physicians who believe that the procedure is necessary to preserve the life of the mother. In 1963, the Society for Human Abortion is established in San Francisco. So SHA challenges the law by openly providing information on abortion and contraception. Then, by about 1970, activist abortion activist Dr. Jane Hodgson is convicted in Minnesota for performing an abortion on a 23-year-old woman. The judge does not submit the case to the state Supreme Court at that time. Hawaii becomes the first state to allow abortions performed before 20 weeks of pregnancy, thereby repealing its criminal abortion law. And soon after, New York repelled its criminal abortion law. And 
to follow that 1971 which was one of the cases of the Roe versus Wade which Billen will talk an unmarried pregnant woman in Texas challenges a state law that makes it a crime for a doctor to perform an abortion unless a woman's life is at stake to protect her privacy McCorvey is listed as Jane Roe in all court documents the supreme court in Roe versus Wade grants women the right to terminate pregnancies through abortion the ruling is based on a woman's right to privacy Then in 1983 the court strikes down an Ancog ord- ordinance that requires doctors to give abortion patients anti-abortion li- literature imposes a 24-hour waiting period requires abortions after the first trimester to be performed in a hospital requires parental consent and requires the aborted fetus to be disposed of in a human manner In 1992 the Planned Parenthood versus Casey the court reaffirms the Rose core holding that the states may not ban abortion or interfere with a woman's decision to have an abortion. The court starts the court does uphold the mandatory 24 hour waiting period and the parental consent laws. Then by 1996 the abortion debate shifts to state bans on partial birth abortion which generally include late term abortions performed with the dilation and evacuation method so a 114th congress passes HR 1833 which is basically a bill to outlaw such procedures and president Clinton vetoes that bill and then in 1997 which was i would say one of the milestones which was there was a two bomb blasts outside an atlanta building containing an abortion clinic six people were injured and the clinic is kind of left in ruins and the blast blows out the window across the street so that was kind of a history up till the 1990s Now there's like a lot of disputes that have risen because like either the law bans abortion and like all in all or like they set some type of limitation. So like for example, um with the cases that you that Meta has previously stated, uh the courts would say that during the first trimester the abortion decision was left like would be left to the woman and her doctor following the first trimester um until fetal viability. The state's interest in the mother's health reaches the compelling level and the state can regulate the procedure only if it quote unquote reasonably relates to the preservation and protection of maternal health when the point of fetal viability is reached then the state could protect its interest in potential life and regulate abortion to that end this includes banning that practice of abortion at that stage in pregnancy and many states have changed their laws and um all in all banning abortion altogether uh, regardless of when it is or how long has it's been and then there are other states that are following um now by challenging the cases of Roe versus Wade, uh Doe versus Bolton and um what did you say the Planned Parenthood versus Casey yeah and many more now for the last i would say for a couple of months or years over here and specifically talking about United States there are a lot of states who have been strengthening their uh, abortion laws one of which was i would say came out around 2 weeks ago or last week uh, from my memory it was Idaho's the they kind of established that there should be a $20,000 penalty like penalties for abortion providers will start at $20,000 per violation and 
text is kind of so the one thing that I wanted to bring out in all of this situation or other element to when legislatures are making these kinds of laws is trying to understand how it's getting affected to the rape survivors and how they are I would say being protected in my opinion I feel that if a rape survivor wants to get an abortion they should um, they should be given that choice instead of anyone being forced to carry with it because it's one of the most horrible like things that could happen to someone and for them to not have a control over their body after the body being violated itself is kind of a disturbing thought but unlike the Texas law the Idaho Idaho's ban allows abortions for pregnancy resulting from rape or incest if the assault is reported to the law enforcement so in Texas law you have to carry your pregnancies to the term uh, the rape survivors have to carry their pregnancies to the term in Idaho's uh, ban they basically they can they can get an abortion only if and only if they report it to the law enforcement. So according to the anti-sexual violence group known as RAIN, which is Rape, Abuse and Incest National Network, more than two-thirds of victims do not report their assault for a variety of reasons, including fear of retaliation or a belief that the police will not help them. So again, how is this, you know, like how is this helping anybody at this point like I do get the using the many many people do feel that you know the fear of reporting people and the whole oh if and only if the assault is reported is kind of it's a very indirect I would say if they if they don't report then they're kind of stuck with carrying the pregnancies to the top yeah like they don't have yeah I kind of don't like not even kind of I really don't like that because how are you saying that you have to like report the victims to authority when um you know these young girls they don't have or just women in general they don't have that like you know if you just went through rape it's not like you're 100% comfortable with going up to someone and just being like I was a rape victim and then um having that big like chance that that they're not going to believe you you know what I mean and then they're gonna make you go through even more um many more steps and processes and uh ask you so many questions and that's just like something that you know a lot of people aren't gonna want to do um it's terrifying so it's like you're telling me not only do I have to carry this child um but I'm not like you don't believe me enough um for me to be able to get an abortion because I didn't initially report the case um because it's like it just happened how am I gonna go up to someone and be like it just happened you know what I mean yeah like I I do get yeah and also what it's doing like it's further taking away like the control and the power from a survivor right at that moment when they need that power and control over their lives to begin healing you know like it's like rape itself it's such a like I mean it's such a grave thing to happen to you you know like a body yeah. I feel like even with on top of that you're being told not by some person by an entire legislature that you live under it's like oh you have to carry this trauma and like you never know you know and the thing is like even if the woman does give the birth does carry all her life the child is going to remind her of the most horrible thing that has happened to her or you know like one of the most grave things that has happened to her that has changed her drastically so 
like it's like a constant presence of trauma and how is that helping mentally physically or emotionally to that person like i don't think any of that idea of like okay what does a survivor go through it's it's not even looked at honestly yeah and like there's different reasons for abortions like we said there's like rape victims and what not but like every case should have a different result based on the initial reason and like i still personally believe that all in all uh women should be able to do what they want to with their own bodies because who am i to tell someone that they shouldn't do something to something that i have no control over you know how am i going to tell you you can't have an abortion or just because you know what i mean like i i can't say that because i don't know what you're going through um like some examples would be like um like we said rape uh health complications um and no protection and those are the main three things for the most part but it's just i just don't feel that a lot of people have the not the right per se but they don't have that um direct say in what someone else can do with their own bodies yeah yeah i agree and also there are like it's not just about like the way i look at it that it's not just about creating life it's also about nurturing it that okay you have a baby but then you know how how are you making sure the baby grows up in a good neighborhood has good education you know like has all the resources at their hand to be an impactful member of the society you know and i don't think any of like I think those factors should be considered because we're not just the idea that oh if you get an abortion then you're murdering someone it's kind of a little like a little absurd to me because if a mother doesn't get through her pregnancy like if the mother you know dies then like what's the point even if the mother dies right after giving the birth like giving birth how is a baby going to survive because the one person that the mother needs the like the baby needs the most is his mom to, like to like his or her mom to survive and like without the mother the child is not going to sustain like physically i don't think it's it's just it's a very hard thing to do and that's something that i feel like is the most important thing like the upbringing part of it because we don't we want to make sure that the kids we are just not giving birth or like fighting for creation of life but we also fighting for nurturing it yeah like i wanted to say um if someone like was not what didn't have the option to have an, an abortion um there's the possibility of them going in a legal way that could put the mother's like health at risk yeah um and like their whole her whole life at risk at that and then there's the other way that they may go where they'll put the child up for adoption and like you were saying you know since they don't they might not have a plan of what to do with the child or like how to you know basically help that child live a good life and live um happily and what not um so like once they put that child up for adoption this would affect like the whole foster care system um for the worse and this is because like the foster care system is already very packed up so it's like adding more children um just makes it a a much much harder like environment for them because they're not getting the attention that they need the one-on-one that they need um and like since it's already backed up it's like hurting the children and their futures and in such a terrible way so you know i just feel like they should have that option because not only are they giving birth being forced to give birth but then some people they just literally don't have the choice so they'll have to put the child up for adoption and that's 
doesn't really make anything better. Yeah, that that does make make sense because criminalizing abortion does not stop people getting from abortion. Exactly. It's it just makes abortion less safe. You know, like preventing women and girls from accessing an abortion does not mean they stop needing one, and that's why the attempts to ban or restrict, like. abortions to do do nothing to reduce the number of abortion it only forces people to seek out unsafe abortion options you know yeah. and unsafe abortions are defined by the world health organization as like a procedure of terminating an unintended pregnancy carried out either by persons lacking the necessary skills on an environment that does not conform to minimal medical standards or both and By the way, there are 25 million unsafe abortions that take place every year, and the vast majority of them are in developing countries. In contrast to a legal abortion that's carried out by a medical trainer, unsafe abortions can have fatal consequences. So much so that the unsafe abortions are a third leading cause of maternal deaths worldwide, and leading to an additional five million preventable disabilities, according to the World Health Organization. Wow. Yeah. So that is a a vast number of and following that sort of abortion I wanted to bring up something that is not just like I wanted to bring up abortion laws or an example outside United States because so far we have discussed what what happened in United States so this one is more of an example that happened in 2012 with a dentist in Ireland her name is Dr Savita so she's of Indian origin and she was living in Ireland and the background story was that she was she was about 17 weeks pregnant and was examined at the university hospital um Galway after complaining about like a back pain but she was discharged without any diagnosis and she returned to the hospital later that day complaining about lower pressure and this woman is a dentist by the way so she is this time complaining about a lower lower pressure a sensation she described as like something coming down and a subsequent examination found that the guess uh, gestational sac which is basically like a large cavity fluid uh, surrounding the embryo was kind of protruding from her body so she had to be immediately be admitted to the hospital and the doctors kind of determined that miscarriage is unavoidable that that's something that's uh, bound to happen and several hours later just on i think that midnight her water broke and uh, but it did not expel the fetus and then the following day she ended up uh, she discussed the abortion with her physician but her request was refused because under irish law at that time it forbade abortion if a fetal heartbeat was present and within after that I think I believe within five days after discussing the abortion with her physician, she developed uh, during those five days. I I believe she developed sepsis. Sepsis. It's like a life-threatening condition that responds to infection and it kind of injures your own tissues and organs. And despite the doctor's efforts to treat her, she ended up having a cardiac arrest on the twenty-eighth of October, and died at the age of thirty-one. this although this did end up leading to uh, islands they protested and this ended up being a major example in terms of ireland changing the abortion policies and in 2018 ireland kind of signed um legislation for abortion where they legalized abortion so yeah that is a woman did discuss they did know that okay she is going to end up having a miscarriage yet they made her go through it 
and she ended up dying. I, I kind of like wonder like how doctors feel sometimes when they know the woman's life is like at risk as in like she will die if this like if they do not abort the child. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how they feel about that because it's like I'm going to the healthcare and if someone like I don't know if I would technically like abort the child because that's literally illegal so I could get my license provoked like or taken away and everything um and I could become like suspended you know what I mean um so I don't know like how doctors feel like if they contemplate the decision of you know possibly help doing that risk and taking that risk and um aborting the child just so they could save the woman's life or like if it's a no I'm I really care about my career so it's it's a no shot like I'm not if I was in the doctor position I would more care about like the person in front of me but then again you know the doctor is scared of like you said the medical violence like license getting revoked because they obviously have to follow the law yeah which is not in the favor of which is not in the favor of a woman's safety it's more of on the favor of like the religious morals that are being carried by majority in the country but yeah they did it because of her story they did end up like banning the eighth amendment uh, which was kind of which banned the abortion in ireland so her her whole story like they campaigned and that was kind of a point of view at which people at kind of a young age in that kind of a bracket were made aware of what was going on you know like she became a kind of catalyst in a crucial conversation um and the fact that yeah i i just i could not believe that like the doctors had an idea they knew that the like miscarriage was unavoidable and yet they went ahead with it which was which was um, i i can't like the fact like if a woman is coming crying for to be saved isn't that my first job to like save like, her why would you try to save a baby that hasn't not even like i don't want to even say like a title on it like why would you try to save something that hasn't been given like full life yet when you can potentially save someone else that has been going through life already yeah i mean for, yeah that is true i think for me it was the fact that like even if i mean if she dies what's the point you know it, like if she dies baby dies as well you know yeah like like unless like what are you are you trying to say like the baby could be still born and um they no just the baby could to... have no the it was a miscarriage situation so baby yeah. was anyways going to die like so you might as well yeah yeah so like why not like they knew the miscarriage was unavoidable they knew that the baby is going to be not like it's going to be a deformed baby it's not going to be come out alive mm-hmm. they knew all of that yet they made her go through all of it and i again you know like the whole the fact that they had that law and they had to follow it and everything that mm-hmm. i guess in many ways i do understand their perspective because they have worked all their i don't actually understand the perspective but it's just inhuman in my opinion because you know that the baby is not going to come out you know that it's not going to come out alive then why not save her you know yeah, that's just like basically killing two people at the same time exactly and isn't that more of a crime like because you as a doctor you're supposed to save lives not take them like at this point though like do you would you like say that doctors would be um put to blame cuz they're they're like i understand that they do have the law to follow mm-hmm. but or would you like put the government i think blame? the government cuz in many ways you know these doctors have worked all their life like really hard to, study and, to get yeah, where yeah. they are and they obviously under that 
or probably even the doctors have the same opinion of anti i don't know but i think the fact that they have worked all their life and they don't want their medical license to be revoked yeah. and they are just following the law and making sure that they their hospital works because you know like there were two bomb blasts outside the atlanta abortion yeah. clinic and they don't want their hospitals blown up so you know like I, i don't know i feel like there's a very ethical dilemma in that end but the f- it was just like the fact that it's such a kind of a it's like such a tragedy that the doctors were unable to provide like a basic care for her because of the red tape kind of tied to their hands you know like i think what it really did was it woke up like young particularly young women to how easily something like that could happen to them you know yeah. so uh, yeah i'm i'm glad that ireland parliament kind of changed it yeah yeah, yeah. cuz I'm glad that they heard and yeah I, I mean it was just so the fact that like these are very ideological hang-ups contributed to her fact the fact that like she and her husband were told that hey this is a catholic country and we can't help you and that really brought like terrible shame on you know them essentially so i, I don't know i, I guess like kind of understanding where women safety is instead of trying to portray it as like some sort of a religious legal now for the last i would say 4 to 5 decades but something that was pretty common or the idea was that female fortified back in india was pretty common mm-hmm. so you know like how here like you have guys gender reveal parties yeah. <laughs> so we don't really have that back home cuz sonography is illegal back home so you can't really know the gender of the baby until the baby is born so this was essentially done sonography was illegalized because um in old days or in ancient times about uh, 40 to 50 years ago i would say even yeah 4250 around 1970s and 80s uh having a ch- girl child was kind of a bane cuz you have to pay for one of the main reasons was like financial cuz you have to end up paying for dowry and women were basically reduced to like women education wasn't that much of promoted or wasn't that like once the britishers left us they kind of left us in a very poverty type of situation they burned all our libraries a mm-hmm. burned education system um and we kind of the uh, the thing is like it was so different from the culture that i grew up in mm-hmm. or like the culture that i've known our history sort of a thing but female fortified was basically um as soon as you get to know that the with sonography that there's a girl child in the womb you abort the girl child because uh one of the main reasons was they don't want to pay for dowry or they don't have enough money so when the girl gets married uh off they have to pay a certain amount of money uh to the groom's family mm-hmm. so that's always a loss so when you have a son it's much better because the com- money is coming to you but when you ha- when you have a girl child in your family it's like you have to end up paying the money yeah so dowry was one of the main reasons so even dowry was um illegalized or dowry was criminalized uh long back ago but female fortified was pretty much a very strong thing and when it comes to that like banning sonography and for reason um, the fact that like people getting abortion because they get to know that there's a girl child in the womb is absolutely absurd and in situations like those i would stro- like I, for me i strongly believe when it comes to this situation that a woman should 
like abortion should be to abortion should be a presence to protect a woman's safety and nothing more than that Definitely. like i the yeah apart from that i don't really want any sort of other like you don't really have a other opinion it's just as long as the woman's safe yeah yeah and all kinds of safety, not just physical safety financial Mentally, emotional yeah, e- all stability. kinds of safety. yeah because you know if the woman's like not happy with having the baby the baby's not gonna have a good upbringing yeah and i think there are millions of people across the world who can vouch to having you know a bad upbringing and how it affects them or having you know not give, being paid attention to or struggling in situation or living in neighborhoods that are highly influenced by drugs or alcohol and so on forth and i think having like a proper or a stable upbringing you know just having a sense where people actually happy with you and that automatically makes things happy so yeah uh, yeah that's just my take on it that makes sense um but i think that'll be the end for our podcast today thank you for joining us we hope you check out our other episodes and thank you again have a great day